How should the substitute teacher treat the student? Regardless of the way they look, the way they act, or the choices they've made, let's see what we can do about it. Azariah is here to help us. Tell them who we are, kids. All right, guys, I don't want to take up too much of your time before we get to the interview. Let me just quickly mention that you can contact me at gregcollinssubstitute at gmail.com. Don't forget about our Facebook page. We're, you know, we've got several hundred members in that now, and I want to start to get some conversation going. So please feel free to talk there and share ideas there with us and let us know what you thought of the latest episode. Also, remember I told you a few episodes back, since most of us will not be substitute teaching again until August now because of us all being quarantined, I wanted to remind you that we now do a YouTube version of this as well. The main reason I did it is because, obviously, since we're not teaching, I expected our listens to drop for this podcast so I, all my guests, I started recording live on video as well and posting that to our YouTube channel, which is also called Substitute Teachers Lounge. So you can now watch it on video. And I'm happy to say that we're getting enough views on the video that it still, we you know, overall, we're still getting an increase in our overall listens and views. So I'm glad for that. You can look at that. You don't have all the extra talk that I give you here in the podcast, but it's a good way of getting to know the guest and who they are, and I would encourage you to do that. So the YouTube channel is also Substitute Teachers Lounge. Today we want to you know, answer some tough questions. Substitute teachers have to answer so that they can best deal with, communicate with, and teach our students when we go back to the classroom. So let's get on with this interview. All right, guys, we want to welcome you again this week, Substitute Teachers Lounge. Now, I will tell you that our guest today is Azariah. Azariah, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm real good. Now, you all think that's a new guest, but we actually... Had her on the show back on episode 23. I called her Shelby at that time. Yeah. She mainly goes by Azariah now, and I think that's great. And you all are going to enjoy today because we're going to talk about how we should treat our students and how sometimes how students are looked down upon by either students or teachers and what we should do about that. So I have a series of questions I will let Azariah answer those and I will add to, but you know, I want this to be your show. I don't want it to be mine. So (laughs) they're going to be a lot more interested in what you have to say. And I've already told her, feel free to share any personal stories you would like to. That's going to make the show a lot more interesting anyway. I've sent her these questions in advance. Yes. I've, I've sent the questions in advance so she knows what's coming up. So let's just start with the first one. What trait will help a substitute teacher most in connecting with students? You have to have an open mind. 
um, there is a probably, and it's for every teacher, you're going to have a generational disconnect. So how you were raised in schools and how you may have treated your teacher and how that was perceived is completely different now um, than um, what you know, maybe you grew up in or how, you know, teaching has evolved over time. So if you don't have that open mind and if you're not um, every day making sure that there is a safe environment for your classroom and you're learning new things um, and not just cutting yourself off on a bias. Um, no doubt. Yeah, then you're going to, I mean, you'll succeed and you'll be a great substitute teacher that people will want to come back. Um, and students will form a relationship with you because they feel like they can have that with you. And that's what we're here for. You exactly. know, that's, that's what our job is outside of just going in when the teacher needs us. We're there to build relationships so they feel safe around us as well. So, right, right. Yeah. I, I, I love that answer. I was, I was going to say being receptive. That's basically what you're yeah. saying. We have to be there for these students. I am shocked. And I've told you this. I am shocked that students share with me just about anything and I, I'm yeah. trying to think how in the world you know I, I feel good that they come up to me sometimes it's not always situations I can relate to but I definitely right. want to be a receptive and let yeah. them know that I, regardless of what they're into right. um, I'm not going to be judgmental about it I want to be listening ears and we'll go yeah. from there very good very good what mistake do substitute teachers make most often, do you think, when it comes to dealing with students? Yeah, so I think this is kind of a two-parter. Um, one, I think it needs to be noted, it is okay to make mistakes. We are, all, we are all learning this as we go. Every class, student is completely different. One of the two biggest mistakes that you're going to make that will make a lasting impression if you don't change them and learn from them. The first one is, is not, again, going back to not being adaptive to what the students are going through and right. having that empathy with them. So you may have a student that is from upper middle class that maybe has an upbringing that's similar to yours, or you may have a student that um, is from low income. You may have a transgender student. Um, right. And if you immediately block off any sort of learning moment for yourself, that's, that's a huge mistake. And the other one um, is not listening to a student when they ask you to use a different name or different pronouns that are in teacher's instructions. Um, right. That is a new challenge, um, or I won't say a new challenge, but it is more of a challenge that we're seeing over um, the last couple of generations with it being more accepted uh, and more talked about and it not being a closed door subject. Um, I've, I always, when I started doing attendance, I always use they, them pronouns until otherwise noted. Um, because that's, we didn't actually change pronouns until the forties. Um, everyone was addressed as they, them. And then it started, we started using uh, he, she as a, um, identifying marker instead of they, them. Um, so fun right. historic fact for you. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, you have to, you, you have to be able to learn that and you have to be you your religious beliefs aside from 8 a.m to 4 or however long your school day is you need to provide a safe place and the worst thing you can do is say uh well your name says david you might want to go by Catherine, but i'm telling you that you're 
in this class, you are this name and I'm not going to change it. Um, right. I had a student, it was, it was so funny. It was actually my first long-term sub job. And this was a middle school student and they had been switched out teachers the entire time. Um, so they did not have a long-term sub that was working with them. Okay. So the what the first long-term sub that they had would not budge. I, I, I don't know another word to use outside of was not very um, open-minded. <laughs> Yeah, open-minded, it just was very, it was her way of thinking and that she taught her way of thinking to the class. And these were sixth graders. Um, come in me, uh, and I'm a long-term sub for six weeks. I was there for six weeks, long-term sub for them. So this is the longest they've had a, had a teacher. And the first thing I said, once we started getting comfortable around week two, um, I had a student that came up and said, um, we did questions hour. So it was Friday questions with uh, Miss Journey. So you can ask me any question and we'll go from there. Uh, and they said, oh, are you married? And I said, well, yeah. Well, how long have you and your husband been married? I said, actually, my wife and I have been married for almost two years. At the right. end of the class, I had a couple students come up and said, I actually go by they, them pronouns or different pronouns or a different name. And the substitute teacher wouldn't do that. Can, can I feel safe enough in, in this class to do it? And I did. And it was, it, it took me an adjustment period to go from what I was calling them to they, them and making sure that I was practicing that. And right. they, you know, at the end of six weeks, I felt bad for leaving. Um, even though they had hired a teacher and it, you know, they were going to be in a stable classroom. Um, they felt comfortable enough to tell me that and feel comfortable enough with who they were at to do that. And that if they, they didn't have that. So they were in a stressful environment with stressful situations and you sure. can't learn, you can't learn like that. So, um, it was just a little easier. It made me feel really glad that they felt comfortable enough to talk to me as sixth graders about things like that. So, right. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, I've tried to use they, them as well with this podcast. Uh, yeah. If for no other reason to try to keep some, not individuality, but some privacy, because if I'm talking right. about something that happened with the student, I don't want to identify yeah. too closely because I don't want that to be obvious who I'm talking about. Right. So I, I use it in that way as well. I try to yeah. stick with they, them in that way as well. Yeah. Good, good. Very good. Let me ask you this. What types of students do you see let me start out by, let me, let me, let me embellish my own side a little bit. I know okay. sometimes students are looked, looked down upon for various reasons, yep. uh, including whether they dress as nicely as other students, whether yep. they might have a weight problem, whether right. they might have sometimes I, I actually had a student and I ended up getting very close to them before this was a, uh, a longer term time. They got very comfortable talking to me, even though a lot of them would look down on the student because mm -hmm. they, they had a bad habit of not bathing often. So yeah. they would get looked. What, what are the various different ways you see kids get looked down upon? Man, I mean, by, by I either mean, students or teachers. Yeah. 
students or teachers, I think there is, I mean, all of the things that you said, I mean, there's so many just universal factors that children are looked down upon. So their dress, their way, their, you know, hair's cut, if they're clean, um, if they have money for lunch, if they have, if they don't have money for lunch, um, they're also judged by their parents activity within the class. Um, so it kind of, it, it does go more into what are the parents providing for the classroom and children will be judged based off that as well. Um, you're going to see children based off their, you know, judged off their sexuality at this point, uh, judged off gender. Um, if there is a transition or if they're non-binary, um, which are, I know some new terms that maybe some people aren't, aren't aware of yet. Um, but it's no longer, um, and I don't think it's ever been judged based off just academics. It's, yes, there's that's so true. much. Good judge- point. And I think something that's important for us to learn is that we all come with a pre-bias. Um, there is, there is some sort of pre-bias that we have been taught in our lives, um, that we do one of two things with. We either learn to change that pre-bias and question why we have it. So if you're raised in the South or if you're raised in, um, you know, West Coast, there's a bi- there's always that bias, right? Sure, absolutely. I had an aunt that was from the North, and when we would joke around with her, she was the Yankee aunt. You yes. know, and that's just that's just a joke at pre-bias. Sure. But that is there is there's something to be said to that. And for me, as a student who came from a um, a lower class and struggled with food. As a teacher now, I have such a hard time watching full-time teachers judge students based off income. Um, I I worked at one day, and I've never been back to this school because I I didn't make a scene, but I got pretty upset. There was a young man, um, and this was middle school ages. So I came in, took had him for most of the day, took him to lunch, and he. Um, didn't have money for lunch and he didn't have a packed lunch. So a friend of his, I don't know if it was a little girlfriend or just a friend, you know how middle school is girls, you know, that's just how it is. Went to give him, um, like pay for his lunch. And a teacher stopped her and said, um, no, go sit down. And she went back up to go get a slushie. And the lady, uh, the lunch lady said, didn't you already buy a slushie? I don't think you can buy two. And she goes, tried to whisper, no, I'm buying it for this so-and-so. So he can oh, have yeah. And the teacher said no. And this was in front of an entire cafeteria full of this young man's grade and said, if you have money to buy a slushie, then you have money to pay the debt that you owe the school for lunch. Go sit down. And I walked wow. up. I walked up and you think, you know, subs, you carry a couple dollar bills sometimes to get you a Coke or, you know, to whatever you need. And I said, Hey, how much do you, Oh, cause I was just going to pay it off. Um, and the teacher turned around to me and it was a male teacher. Um, I said, and at the top of his voice said no and took the student, turned him around and then gave him a bashing in front of all these kids about, Wow. how you're going to, you know, pay the debt. And students were looking at me like, oh, she's going to let him talk to her like that. I'm going to be able to talk to her however I want the rest of the day. Yeah. Gave it a couple minutes. Um, and he walked back over and sat down and shook his head. And I said, um, 
I said it loud enough. So, cause then at that point you have to say it loud enough like he did. Right. And I said, if you ever feel like you have some authority to speak to me like that again, we are going to have a personal problem. You've completely embarrassed this student for no reason. And there's no reason why somebody can't pay this kid's debt. Um, right. And I never was invited back to teach there. <laughs> but, but that school had a pre-bias for a specific type of student. And I had a problem with it and called it out. And well, me, you're going to find that. Th- that's good. Really good. That's a good story or, or a bad story, depending on how you want to look right. at it. Uh, let me ask you this because it kind of leads into that. Should we be an advocate for students, even if that means upsetting some teachers. And you, you, you really just shared a story that's a representative of that. Go ahead and answer the question. I'll share a story of my own. Yeah. I feel like if we're not advocating for students, what are we doing? What, what is our point? You know, I, we go around to every school in the district Our job is to make sure that students feel safe and that they have a safe place with us. If there are teachers who are not advocating for students, there is a bigger problem and we have to be a part of the solution. Right. That, I mean, that's as simple as it is. If you're not doing that, then you're a part of the problem and you need to address that within yourself. Totally agree. And I will, I will say it two ways. I will say what you just said, We should always be an advocate for the students if we feel like we see them treated unfairly in that way. But also what I've noticed a lot of times, just students that get behind and aren't allowed to participate in some of the other things. I think sometimes if we're not careful, that can go too far. I understand they have to get their work done, but I've actually stood up for kids that have been in that situation before I could have done it much more diplomatically and had, if I had to do it over, I definitely would have done it in a different fashion, but I could tell those students appreciated me. I don't want them to appreciate me in a way that, you know, Mr. Collins was a jerk for us. I want them to appreciate it in a way that Mr. Collins really stood up for us. And I appreciate him for that. I, you know, sometimes you just have to be careful with your emotions and not, you know, take as much of a diplomatic approach as you can. And I think there's something to be said for you saying, you know what? Yeah. Work needs to be done. And maybe there is a group of students that don't feel comfortable with getting their work done because of the environment that they're in. So after that sixth grade long-term job, I was at the same middle school and went to the eighth grade side. There's a group of eighth graders, I'm telling you, would not do their work for anybody, but they did it for me. And I, every teacher was like, what are you doing to, why are they getting their work done with you? Why do they respect you when they see you walk down the hall? Why do they want to come talk to you? And I'm like, what are you doing as a teacher? And I'm not, I mean, I'm a substitute teacher, right? So I'm not, I'm not with these kids every day. And when I am with them every day, it's for two, three weeks at a time. Right. Um, what I noticed was, is that those eighth grade teachers had gotten the scoop from teachers, sixth, seventh grade teachers and already had a pre-bias on those kids. Those kids did not have a chance when they walked in the door and those kids knew it. And if those kids don't have the expectations that I gave them, 
you don't get your work done. Right. I'm not, we're not, we're not going to have fun. We're not going to be able to have fun at the end of the day or have a good time after lunch. Um, and they got their work done and they got their work done because they wanted to learn, not because they felt like they had to, to have a good time. So, right. Right. yeah. That, that's good. Boy, I can tell time, time fly. I remember this the last show we did too. It, 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 we, we, I think we both enjoy talking. That's, that's, uh, that's one of the things, but I always, I always enjoy our interaction. So let's close with this question. I wanted to make sure we got this one in here because you, you hinted at it a little bit in what you were just talking about. What's your reaction when you go into a classroom for the first time and you may have been warned about a certain student, not so much, you know, personality wise or anything like that, more from a standpoint of this student will probably give you trouble. I want you to be aware of that. What's your reaction to that? And what do you let, how do you change your mindset when you hear something like that? I have learned that any sort of warning I get before I go into a classroom, I throw out the door because those kids are starting fresh with me. So I don't know if Billy is going to scream and sing at the top of his lungs all day. I know I've been warned that he may, but Billy may just do it because Miss Smith uh, picks on Billy and there's an issue, right? Right. Um, But what I try to do is if I get warned about a particular student, I make it a point to be as nice as I can to that particular student and to see what an underlying issue is. And most of the time, what I found out is the troubled students that I'm warned about, like I was warned about my, my middle school class I came into from the other sub that said, you know, you're going to have a rough time with this group of students. You know, they don't do X, Y, Z. When I came in the first day and gave my little, I'm here for the next couple weeks speech, I said, now, what can we do to make this better? And the student said, well, she makes us, she had based the, the substitute teacher, the other long-term substitute teacher basically told a group of students who were um, not originally born from America that they better stand for the flag or they would be kicked out of class and that they more than anybody needed to be the most patriotic and not have an opinion in sixth grade. And I just remember going, Oh my God, what have I just walked into? Right. I'm just teaching English class. I didn't right, right. Sixth graders. So you have to sweep all that pre, you know, that pre-bias away that they had and said, look, I'm just here to do work. You're here to do your work. Right. We'll go from there. And if you're a rough student, boy, let's figure out what we can do to make you a non-rough student for the next couple of days because I don't have I don't drink wine and I ain't got wine at home to try to relax from it. And it's funny cause I'm young enough that a lot of the students in our city, I can very easily, and sometimes it's very accurate. I can go, I know your mom, I know so-and-so. And they're like, well, what's, you know, what's my mama's name or whatever. And I'm like, your mother's name is this. And I have her cell phone. Do I, do I need to text your mom? And like the class will just be like, Oh, if she knows Jake's mom, then she knows, Daryl's mom and you know what no we're gonna be good and then they'll say you know what kind of music do you like what kind of stuff like that and you can have that kind of pre-bias that that bad kind of uh, (laughs) notation put aside and then you have the best class you'll probably ever have right 
That's yeah. good. And you'll have fun you know, stories. You, uh, you you answered it the same way I would basically. I mean, I I like to if I'm in a situation like that, I consider it a challenge. And I've yes. shared this before on another episode, but I had one overall class that I saw notes that this was the worst class of the day. And I said, you know, I'm going to strive without making it hokey. I'm going to strive yeah. to see if I can get them to be the best class of the day. And they right. were so much, so much so that I actually let one of the students write their positive evaluation. And I said, as yeah. long as I agree with it, I will sign it and give it to yeah. them. So uh, you're, yeah. you're just like me in that regard. Well, our time is up, but feel free. What right? would you like, what would you like to share with us before we get out of here? If in I can closing. Share, yeah. If I can share one thing just from my heart, um, not as a substitute teacher, but just as a human being living in this yeah. world that, you yeah. know, just from one human to the next, um, be as kind as possible to these kids. Oh, man. Love these kids treat these kids with the utmost respect, regardless of religion or sexuality or gender, because we don't know what their home life is like. And if you can be the only person that day to make them feel like they care and make them feel valuable and wanted, you could have saved someone's life. And you don't know that. And in 20 years or in, you know, I look back 12 years and I, I can name three teachers that saved my life because they were kind. Right. And not because they were greatest teachers in the world, but because they were kind human beings. So that's what I want to leave you with. Greg, you, we all know that you're a kind human being and we talk way too much every time we're here. (laughs) uh, But yeah, thank you so much again for having me on and thank you for respecting my name change. I I, I can't uh, say thank you enough for that as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't have even said anything opening without asking you about that first. So I appreciate it. Thank you. You you have the greatest of weeks and hopefully when we get to August, we'll all get back to, to what we really enjoy. Yep. All right. Well, you guys stay safe. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. See ya. All right, guys, here's the answer to all those tough questions. You have to treat all the kids equally. We don't know what their family life is like. We don't know anything else they might have going on, but we're there to teach. And maybe even more importantly, we're there to be willing to be receptive and listen to each kid just like they're our favorite kid. All the kids are the same. We want to treat all the kids equally. All right, great interview. I will tell you that the video version of each week's podcast will now release on Saturday morning. The audio, as it always has, will be released on Sunday morning. So we'll see you guys next week. Music provided by Ben Sound.